Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, we talk about what separates good design from bad design. It's a very gray area, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, what do they say? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, which is so true. And Nadia and I were actually just discussing that as we were getting set up, and I thought, this should be on the podcast. So we're going to kind of go over what we were just talking about. But, you know, at the end of the day, I say it over and over again, as a designer, you're, this is a service industry. The person's hiring you not to create a monument to yourself that they get to live in. They want help with their home. And, you know, we talk about Nadia does have a natural gift for design. You really do. <laughs> Thank you, you have an eye for scale and, and balance and things. But, you know, as she's going out on her own with her own clients, I think one of the things that she's learned working here is the empathy, you know, that I've really just pounded into her brain. It's not all about you. <laughs> you have great taste. But but no one wants to live in someone else's style. So you've got you've to be able to figure out what the person's style is, but then make it good design. So it doesn't matter if they're doing rustic country. I mean, I know that mm -hmm. would kill you. <laughs> Sometimes I like it. Um, I had a, um, there was a designer out of Cincinnati who I love. She was great. We coached for a while. Um, and she said her nightmare would be Victorian, her nightmare. And uh, so when she came to stay, she actually, we had a, a live workshop and she came out and stayed. Um, Denise is her name. She's wonderful. And um, she stayed at a bed and breakfast in our little town, and it is so Victorian. It's like Victor everywhere, like down to the dolls, <laughs> the big cabbage rose flowers on the front door. And was that on purpose? No, it was the only place to stay in Little Snohomish. But um, but I was teasing her the whole time. I'm like, this is good for you. This is a challenge. Mm. Embrace it. Like, how could you take this style that they clearly love, but make it good design? Right. That's that's what they need from us. Um, the, the next generation to yeah. keep it alive. Yeah. Just stepping up to the next, you know, how can you take those elements? How can you take the colors? How can you take the feel? You know, and at the end of the day, what's, what's the word that pops into your house or pops into your mind when you think Victorian? Um, oh, trick question. <laughs> uh -huh. um, lots of prints and like, uh, which I actually love Victorian and I like those, um, those, I always wear those cameo necklaces. Uh -huh. Oh, I love those actually. Um, but if you have one of, word, what's one oh, word that describes Victorian? I guess like the curves and the, all of the like intricate details. Cause it would be like very detailed, curly, like furniture. I'm going and, more for romantic though. Like oh, romantic. Oh. Victorian is romantic. It's feminine. It's romantic. It's well, Victoria and Prince Albert and their love. <laughs> exactly. Who's a fan of the crown? Me. Um, pick me, my lord. So... You know, if you if you can take someone's style, which is different from design or from taste, you can have a style with good taste or with bad taste. But you take your good taste and and transform it again. Like with Victorian, with me, it, you know, it would be softer colors. It would be um, elements of romance. It would be adding flowers. It would be adding some curved lines, like you said, and layers. Um, yeah, layers and um, artwork and drapes and things. Mm -hmm. So. You know, good and bad design, there is a fine line. There's, there's, you know, you can walk that fine line to where 
your, you have to be true to yourself, to your talent, right? And it really doesn't feel good when you feel like it's a bad design. But that's why if you stop thinking of, you know, mixing the taste or the style with the design, it makes it easier. You're, you're still creating a beautiful room for them, mm-hmm. but it comes down to balance, scale, colors, traffic patterns, all traffic patterns, you know, all of that. Um, the technical that, things. Exactly. That, that at the end of the day, that is what makes the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look, we were talking about, um, and this came up because we were looking at some pictures that, again, in our opinion, not great design. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, you know, what is it that made it bad design? Well, there's a wall that had two little windows on either side of, um, it was two chairs and there was a bookcase. and But the two little windows were kind of up high and by themselves. And, the you know, the window treatments just seemed kind of small. And I kept trying to picture them, the you know, bigger. And it would have balanced out the wall a little better. There was almost too much negative space or even like a brighter color or something like yeah, visually that would be heavier. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, start to do that as a new designer, start to look at, you know, magazines just because it's in a magazine doesn't mean it's great design. I'm telling you that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyone that goes through an architectural digest, um, there are usually half the magazine that I would never live in mm-hmm. ever. More well, theatrical. Yeah, what makes that good design? You know, because it was a famous person, because, you know, whatever. But start looking through magazines and and start picking out what you think is a good design and what you think is bad design and why. Start to pick it apart. Like, why? Is it, you know, too much saturation of color? Too much saturation of texture? Is it so busy that nothing, you know, I I always say it's one of my little go-to phrases by Chelsea, um, that if everything in the room is spectacular, then nothing is spectacular. Yeah. If it all looks really over the top and grand, then it's just a room full of big stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no focal points. There's no, you know, nothing that jumps out and says, wow, you, know, you look at that and say, that's beautiful. Yeah. So start to pick apart, you know, magazines, start to pick apart pictures you see on Instagram and Pinterest and, you know, what is it? And then, and then I'd also think to myself, what kind of client would like this room? What kind of personality type? If someone came to me and, and this was the room I would design, what did they tell me? Like, do they want really austere, <laughs> simplistic? You know, I used to look at um, when Restoration Hardware first changed their business model and completely changed the design. It was a new, I think it was a new CEO or new creative director or someone who took over. And we got the first eight pound catalog in the mail. And all of my designer friends, you know, we laughed and thought, oh, they're going to be out of business in a year. That was what, 15 years ago, something like that. And now they're booming. But, you know, I was going through their their catalogs and everything was gray, gray, gray or cream, gray or cream, everything. And I thought there's no life to this. There's there's no color. There's no, like you would never want to live in it. I used to always joke that it was like a, not to put down anyone from Czechoslovakia, but I used to say it was like a Czechoslovakian gulag. It was just (laughs) like concrete walls. It was like you're living in, that's a so gray, depressing cell. And I like color. So, you know, that's me. And I don't. Exactly. And honestly, the crazy thing is styles have changed to where they lean more, mm-hmm. you know, that way. But they have added some color. Now. They've yeah. got navy. Oh, 
<laughs> I also think it kind of um, leans towards interpretation mm-hmm. of your client good design um, in terms of people just want comfort. Or sometimes they ask me, I just want you to elevate it. Like something's missing. Mm-hmm. And in that, in those terms, I feel like, yes, you can maybe take a little bit more of a creative leap. And when you um, kind of present that to your client, the, I had had clients who would say, wow, I would have never picked that. I never thought of that, but I love it. Like I couldn't even imagine that. But it, it also, I always try to keep in mind again, like it's not about me, mm-hmm. but what would I do or what could I do to bring some life and spark um, to the design and whatnot? And sometimes that works out really well where you're combining the needs and wants of the client and all the elements, like you said, scale and whatnot, but also adding something that's a flair, but not everyone also wants that. So again, just knowing your client and the wants. Yeah, and it is, it's, it's you know, it's, it's adding something that's spectacular, that they might not say that they want at the beginning. But again, when you have focal points, when you have some place that your eye is drawn and then you have places for your eye to rest and it, it's just comfortable for everyone. Or the Big Bang Theory, moving the furniture away from the wall. Yes. Like, oh my oh. God, I just can't. Like every time I see someone on Instagram saying, oh, I'm an interior decorator, I'm a decorator. Cool, great. And then the sofa's up against the wall mm-hmm. and then the table's too big, but the cat, like the sofa's massive and I just want to throw up and it just... In- Theuriates me. I just can't. Like, oh, well, why? I mean, here's kind of a little marketing tip um, thrown in. Back, you know, again, you guys know that as a military wife, I moved a lot, right? I, I would, and sometimes we lived someplace for three months, but I still needed to make money. So I would have to just get one client. And, you know, whether I just shopped at Target or something, but I just needed the design money. And um, so one of the things that I started doing when I'd moved to a new place is, Finding a, a new housing development um, or a realtor or, uh, you know, it could be even a mortgage person and make up a little flyer or a postcard that had a designer's top 10 tips for a new homeowner. And it was it was something that they could give out as a gift, right? That they could give like any new homeowner would be like, oh, great, you know, wonderful. 10 tips, thanks. I don't know where to start. But it wasn't something that would, you know, at the end they would realize, oh, I need a designer. Like I didn't even know these things. And now I need, mm-hmm. you know, let me hire a professional. Yeah, that value that we bring. Exactly. But that was one of them. So it was usually don't put furniture up against a wall. I mean, it's okay to have something, but get it away from, even if it's six inches, just to give it some room to, to breathe. Um, don't hang your pictures too high. Oh, <laughs> I know. Every single Russian person in the- <laughs> In the world <laughs> on top of a rug. It's, it has nothing to do with the nationality. Most people <laughs> put them too high. And I don't know why, especially back in the 90s when we had these big like two-story entryways and they always had to have art up top on the oh, second yeah. floor. So why? Weird. No one can see it. Why would you look up there? Or like the like, metal art. Art, Yeah, art should be enjoyed. And it should tie a room together. For some reason, humans, we like to see things in threes and fives unless you're doing symmetrical but um threes and fives what were some of the others trying to think the scale of your rug like (laughs) how can people put a five by eight in front of a sofa (laughs) it just blows my mind i i just can't that's true it's supposed to tie the group together it's supposed to make you feel like when you sit down on the sofa and you've got a chair next to you and you're talking to someone that that you're in the same room but when it's this tiny little postage stamp yeah no scale is everything the other thing is like you don't want your eye to stop you just want it to keep going that Mm -hmm. wow like everything just flows it's beautiful even different textures or colors or like prints i didn't imagine but it flows but when you have that one piece and it's just so awkwardly put like focal point oh i can't well but see now 
a good focal point makes the room interesting. You want the person to stop on it because you've chosen it. You want someone to look at it, but you've decided that. You've put it somewhere where you want the attention drawn or it's a view, you know, and then you place things or you put drapes on a window that draw your eye to it. So people can say, oh my gosh, I didn't even know you had this view. You know, as a designer, you get to to dictate how the people live in the room, right? Yeah. By the space, the the traffic patterns, the space plan that you've created. Um, how are people going to talk to each other? You know, what, are they facing each other? Are they sitting across from each other? Are they next to each other? Um, all of that is up to you. You know, you're designing that. So that's part of your design. Um, I'm trying to think of the other top 10. Um, I used to always say, don't forget blinds and window treatments. Do you really want your neighbors to know that you eat breakfast in the nude or something. Yeah, but but something like that, those are tried and true rules of design, even though I say there's no rules anymore. And and good design. Like I've I've um I've had a client where they're um and it's not the one you're thinking about, but their stuff was mm-hmm. so dated. Or I think no, you and I were looking at an estate sale a long time ago. And you can tell it was one of the wealthy neighborhoods and um they had interior design obviously, but it was like in the nineties, eighties. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at it and I was like, man, it still looks good mm-hmm. because of the scale, because yep. of the items chosen, because of the flow. And I was shocked that it was so dated, but it still looked well thought out. Yeah. And that's what good design is. Was it our taste? No. Was it dated? Yes. But just like I could tell when a designer is in the house and when they're not. Mm-hmm. It's just that missing touch of tying everything together and making sure everything's to scale and perfect and balance and blend and even contrast. Sometimes mm-hmm. if everything's just so washed out, you just add more black, little touches, yeah. white. You need to um, have shiny and matte. You, you know, you need to have hard and soft. You, you need to have contrast. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and as it, so as a new designer, that's how you learn that. You know, start to look at other people's work. Start to look at professionals' work. Start to look at magazines and and look at a room that you like, look at a room that you don't like. What is it that sets it apart? What is it about that room? Like really get down to, okay, gee, there's a big piece of art here. I love the way that's, you know, or they used color here, um, but not over here. I mean, look, start to look at the rooms and and break it apart because, you know, again, that's how you're going to learn, you know, how to be a designer. You you watch what other designers have done and what is it that made them <laughs> get their work in a magazine, right? Um or or what would you have done differently? You know, and then and then who was that client that would ask for that? Yeah. Or even just paving your own style. I think that's what's making McGee & Co. so big. And um, what's the other one? <laughs> I know. She follows all of the, the designers. The one that you like. That. I mean, that you don't like. Oh. Joanna Gaines. Oh. And Amber Lewis. And, well, you know. I like Joanna Gaines. It's just that her style, it's what we've been doing for so long. But that's the thing. She, she revolutionized just, it. She She's really good at balance and scale. I mean, yeah. she does the elements perfectly. Beautifully. I, yeah. I still love her. But each person, and what's funny is we all have the same vendors. Mm-hmm. But sometimes oh, yeah. I would catch myself looking through something. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then I will see it in one of their designs. I'm like, oh my God, that's our piece. Mm-hmm. But I would have never thought to put it that way. And so I make it a point to always follow so many different designers on Instagram, different styles, see what they're doing, to listen to different podcasts, just to always continue to educate myself. Um, because most of the time, the, the the clients I get, they're not my style. So yeah. I need to educate myself and just to be familiar. And that's the first thing I do. Like you always teach, if there's a style that's not me, I go and research. I go on uh-huh. Pinterest. I look at articles, anything that mm-hmm. 
um, really get me a head start in the game. Mm-hmm. And one of my really um, challenging clients, I did that and it just clicked. And I actually was so proud of myself for making such a beautiful design that at first I would have been like, ew, heck no, I'm not doing that. But, you know, it all worked out. Uh-huh. No, absolutely. And sometimes it is, It sometimes it's a struggle at first and then you do see something that just clicks. And I also want to, um, don't feel bad, like you're copying, you're, you know, Art is is there. There's no original art anymore. Um, yours is always going to be different. It's not like you're going to copy down to the, you know, down. To the, but but when you're studying painting, you study Rembrandt and Michelangelo. You don't. You're not expected to just make it all up. But you need to look at people who have been before you and who have been incredibly successful. What made them successful? What is it that that they did that was so wonderful that the masses of people that historically people still find it beautiful what is it they did so so design's the same way going back through classic design is a great way you know go look through you know um even going back to like coco chanel and you know fashion and and all of it mm-hmm. seeing how colors are balanced and patterns are mixed and textures and um, it's all along the same lines yeah, well, looking at fashion trends looking at their colors and projecting that mm-hmm. that's going to be out on um in furniture in the mm-hmm. next year or two. So just keeping that in mind. So you are kind of a, ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, Paula did an entire an entire room off a tie, a guy's tie. And yeah. it, it was a, it was an aha moment for us. Like I had never done that before. And she brought it in. She's like, look at this. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I <laughs> love it. What a color combination. And she said, I'm going to do a whole room on it. And she did. She had the client and it was beautiful. But that was a textile designer that had come up with that color combination in that proportion and they were just spectacular and you know there's something to that and we are artists and we Mm -hmm. do translate things and we do interpret things differently Mm -hmm. and that's also um an advantage that makes you different from other designers again you know we have what five six designers here if we all give them the same task they would all look completely different Oh, completely using the exact same three four vendors Mm -hmm. literally and you would be just mind blown how different it would be and, you know, along those lines, um, you know, aesthetically, we can talk about good and bad design, but what about the function? Yeah. Form has to follow function, which means it has to function first and foremost. And then the form follows. Then it has to look pretty. But first, it has to function. So I'll see, you know, people, well, we had someone that was in here the other day and, um, you know, we had... She wanted to buy a sofa. It's going to be the last one she buys, you know, for the next 10 years, whatever. She's got young kids. She has a three-year-old. And she kept coming back to this white cotton sofa. White cotton. You know, I, I, I was subtly trying to talk her out of it at the beginning and talking about, you know, yeah, performance fabrics are great, but just close your eyes and picture day one. What are the odds you're going to get peanut butter on it? <laughs> you know, and she said, um, well, it's going to be. It was uh, Peanut Butter Patina, which we thought was a great name. Um, don't take that. It's going to be her new podcast or her, her new blog. But you, you've got to think about how it functions. Three small boys on a pure white sofa, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Do you want to spend your whole life cleaning? Or would you rather get something that's slightly, you know, a little more camouflaged and you can enjoy your life? Yeah. Well, if you know they have kids, you get a wool rug that is stain resistant, uh-huh. that is going to be throughout the years and so durable. You're going to get mm-hmm. performance fabrics, like you mentioned, or leather. And 
you know, real wood, real U.S. furniture, because chances are they're going to say, oh, yeah, I worked with that designer. Guess what? Everything's falling apart in yeah. two, three years. Well, and it, and and you got to think beyond that. Um, you know, if you're if you're doing a like eating breakfast room, right? You've got a table. If you do a really high polished, high finish, mm-hmm. you know, modern style table, but this is where the kids are going to do their homework. Is it going to be covered with, you know, their name that's been pressed through the paper and has indented? We we all kind of remember that from the 80s. <laughs> that kind of wood was so popular. You would think that's all common Ethan sense. Allen. But, but it's, it's definitely something you don't think about, you know, or um, the really rustic tables, mm-hmm. you know, from Pottery Barn or Restoration Hardware. When you see those in person, it's like driftwood. There's holes and gouges. And if you have kids, you will never get Play-Doh out of that. And crumbs. Yeah, so you know it, it has to function, whether it's durability, whether it's you know size, whether it's an elderly couple. You can't have a low sofa that's down to the ground; they'll never be able to get out of it. Yeah, you know you need to have arms that are sturdy so they can push up against it to get out of a sofa or a chair. There, there are those things that also make good or bad design. And honestly, all of you out there, every bad design you do <laughs> makes us look bad, right? It puts. It, mm-hmm. it gives a bad reputation to, to to hiring a designer. Another element that you um, sometimes don't think of or me is um, even the budget-wise. Like I think I'm working on a couple. They don't need spectacular. They don't need the oohs and wows. And even though they do want beautiful things and for me to title together, but... Oh, I'm just going to sneeze. Go ahead. Yeah. But they don't need to get a $2,500 coffee table when their budget for their dining table is 1600 and so I had to look through all the vendors and um, be true to the design that they had originally loved, but just pick something that was even off the floor that I could talk you into, like doing a deal for my clients, <laughs> things like that. But then there are clients that do want the most amazing, the most luxurious and the best fabrics. But knowing that, yeah, those kids don't need that, mm-hmm. you know, and even though I did kind of put a really expensive table in a girl's loft, uh-huh. but it's so beautiful and that the client wants and loves that. And I let her know, hey, this is the biggest chunk of the design um, close to the, you know, after the sofa. And she said, you know, what? I'm okay with that because there's so few pieces in that room and that this is where all the traffic is. And she's like, I walk by with my husband every day. We want it to be beautiful. And then she's like, the girls can take it with them to college. Mm-hmm. So it's again, um, being a, uh, what's the word? Well, you're Letting your client know. Yes. And just keeping in mind certain pieces. Or one time you're like, why do they have a thousand dollar lamp in a little <laughs> girl's room? Like, oh, but it's so pretty that works well. She's like, no. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Uh I should take that out. Well, and when you picked that coffee table, because it was so expensive and it's going in the kid's loft, I also did more research as to what it was actually made of. Because of the, yeah, I didn't want it to be all like bone inlay Mm -hmm. because, you know, those can pop out. You know, you can't write on that and you're doing your homework. It'd be all bumpy. So, you know, we did a little more digging and found out that, and I thought, I told her, I'm like, okay, I think this will be durable enough. You, yeah, yeah. You're allowed to order it for her. Uh, and it's going to be beautiful. But yeah, it, all of that. Did you realize when you were starting as a designer that you would have that many things to think about? Um, I think, I guess looking back, no. But even though it, it is kind of common sense, Sometimes I just like, oh, wanted it's pretty. But, you know, I have a five-year-old son. Like I have a obviously a, a duh, child. But just keeping that in mind too and everything he touched. And I had these little like dining chairs, even though I think they're like ghetto now. But they were just like satin and whatever. Yeah, they were not cute. 
And oh my gosh, he's peed on them when he was potty training. <laughs> he has literally just got his finger and just dug and it was kind of like embellished and it had um um the things that you always like. Tufting? It was um <laughs> embroidered and things. Oh just, yeah, embroidered. Ugh, like boucle and stuff. And he was just like picking at it, making holes. There were so many stains and I was like, yeah, this is never happening again. We're getting plastic chairs or wooden chairs for the next house <laughs> or performance. But you don't really think of that. I just thought, oh, it's going to be so pretty or this and that. Yeah. But you need to know your stuff. If You know, you yeah. can't put silk drapes when silk rots in sunlight. You don't put unlined silk drapes. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you do need to know. Especially when it's, it's not just your making design. A, you can't make a pretty room. That's not what this is about. It's not what being a designer is about. That's one hundredth yeah. of the job. It's so much else. So on that note, yay, being a designer. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's still, I mean, I absolutely love it because I, I like solving problems. I like putting together puzzles. I like making people happy. Um, I like that my job is different every day. I like that I get to meet different people and get to know different kinds of people, different personality types. Um, I love the challenge when I'm given a style or a color that I don't normally like. To me, that's exciting. If I was just doing the same old, same old room over and over again, ugh. See, I like that when the client <laughs> is willing and committed and easy to work with. But when you also factor in a difficult client yes, no, that's different. and a tight budget and then you need storage, but you want this, it definitely is lots of problem solving. But at the end of the day, it does feel good to enhance their life by offering more solution in terms of like storage or more seating or a better view in the place, which is so like dinky, certain things. Um, yeah, it is a gift, but it's also lots of common sense and problem solving. So look how you've grown. I know. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Happy designing. Thank you, and see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube, where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.